0: Trying to shoot the moon. is everything we've got that's just a piece of spoon? Ooh. Ooh.
1: Welcome to The Word Witch, a podcast for the modern magical soul, exploring tarot, astrology, belief, and more. From a queer witch, that's me, in conversation with folks making magic from the margins. I'm your host, Claire Burgess. Let's make some magic. Hello, friends, witches, otherlings, and uh, welcome to a new episode of The Word Witch. Uh, Today, we're talking to uh, Keon of Millennial Soul Food with a really just like mind-blowing interview. Keon melted my mind on so many topics that I like, that I don't know that much about. Um, So I want to thank Keon really uh, from the bottom of my heart for coming on and talking about uh, some of the the topics that he did today. Uh, we talk about uh, cultural appropriation. We talk a bit about hoodoo. Uh, we talk about the like fourth dimensional properties of plants <laughs> briefly. Um, so that's the kind of really cool stuff that are in store for you in the interview. And before we get to that, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Capricorn season, which we entered into on December 21st. And Capricorn is ruled by the devil card. So I wanted to make sure to spend some time to talk about that correlation between Capricorn and the devil and how we can sort of use that energy to really conveniently uh, help us set lasting intentions for the new year. So here we go. Capricorn is the devil, (laughs) which is the tarot card ruled by Capricorn. And, you know, that that doesn't sound super great. So I want to take a moment to talk about um, the good side of the devil. I also think that Capricorn, the sign, gets a bad rap a lot of the time. But listen, I know um a fair number of capricorns who are nothing like the devil. <laughs> my mom is a capricorn, my youngest brother is a capricorn. Some really respected astrologers are capricorn like Cap- capricorns like uh uh Jessica Laniato, I believe is a capricorn. And hey, the um my interview guest, um Keon, he is also a capricorn and I totally scheduled that interview completely on accident, but like, isn't that so perfect that we're going to have a Capricorn, uh, interview in Capricorn season. So yay me. (laughs) But, um, so the devil, okay. On the surface, the devil can mean oppression, anything, 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 outside of us or inside of us that is sort of holding us down, chaining us down. It can speak to addictions. It can speak speak to uh, harmful relationships. It can speak to negative thought patterns, negative beliefs that we have in ourselves or about ourselves. Any of the things that block us from Reaching our highest truths, our highest selves. When I teach the devil, and uh, often when it comes up in readings, I like to point out that in the Smith Waite image, the two people uh, in the card who are chained—Google Google this image if it's not—if you can't picture it in your head—the um, two people have sort of like. Uh, like a, a loose lasso of chain around their necks but it's loose like their hands are free their legs are free and they could just like slip that chain off their neck super easily and walk away the the secret to this card is in their expressions they're just like super chill like they look like they're just like chilling out having a great time at this demon's feet um, with their like fire tail and grape tail or whatever is going on there and that's the key, that these people are either choosing to be there willingly, consciously, or they are so in denial of what is happening to them and of the situation that they are in that they don't even perceive it, that they don't even see it. So when the devil comes up, I think it's always trying to bring our attention to something that we are maybe ignoring That is keeping us down, um, that's holding us down, and it always pretty much comes back to something that we are allowing ourselves to buy into or to participate in, or that we have the power to change in some way, but aren't doing it out of fear or um out of yeah well pretty much out of fear but the devil always shows up to tell us look at it it's time to look at it you do have the power to free yourselves and so as the card of Capricorn I I think there's something similar here about Capricorn energy so Capricorns as we know are very practical very determined they are like they're, they're the sea goat. They can swim in the depths and also climb the mountain peaks. So they're very versatile creatures and they can own both spheres if they choose to, if they put their minds to it. They are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly capable creatures. And that capability comes from a deep sense of self-knowledge, self-respect, and self-assurance. A Capricorn, a, a an aligned Capricorn, not a shadow Capricorn, is someone who knows themselves so well and has such a good strong sense of self and of their capabilities and what they want to do in the world that like that's what gives them their determination that's what makes it seem like they are capable of just like climbing these mountains super easily it's not always super easy (laughs) it's really not but they have that core assurance and so they're able to do it their intentions are incredibly well-informed and authentically grounded, authentically grounded in them. So it's like a natural extension of them, <laughs> like success, which is another quality we attribute to Cap- Capricorns can, is is natural to them because of those intentions being just so, so rooted in their, in their truth in their true selves and what they know they are capable of. <laughs> so same sort of energy as the devil there. The devil tells us that we need to look at some um, situations in our lives, see that we have the ability to free ourselves. And Capricorns are able to do that just like so naturally because they have such good self-awareness or they can have such good self-awareness. And then they can do the work that is required to free those chains and then bypass them and like leave them in the dust. And then, you know, the devil is just sitting there going, what? Holding his torch, not knowing what happened. And the seagoat is like president of the world. (laughs) So yeah, that's the sun in Capricorn. And I think it's really cool that um, the new year, at least as we base it in modern times on the Gregorian calendar, that the new year is in Capricorn season because of what we do every new year with New Year's resolutions, right? We set intentions to change something, change something about the next year, change something about ourselves in order to live a better life most of us don't don't follow through on those intentions we all like, we joke about that all the time. New Year's resolutions, everybody joins the gym and that's how gyms make their marketing or not their marketing, their um, operating budget for the entire year is by lapsed new, new Year's resolution gym memberships. But it's in Capricorn season, y'all. So if we want to, we can sort of like uh, really choose to work with that Capricorn energy in order to really actually follow through on those intentions. And I think there's also a good lesson there about those intentions needing to be intentions that are grounded in ourselves and grounded in our reality not just setting intentions for things that we think that we want but uh, don't necessarily or we think we should want I guess I should say but they aren't actually true to us you know like having like the perfect beach body or whatever because that's what we've been told that we need you know what I'm saying so yeah and with this entrance into the season of intention setting, the season of self-improvement, um, I wanted to make sure to talk about a couple more things. Uh, so one of the things that um, I, I think we run in danger of doing um, during this season is, like I mentioned before, uh, one is setting intentions or resolutions that um, are sort of being imposed on us or messaged to us from the outside and that aren't actually things that we feel like we we really resonate with or drive with or need to do or change about ourselves. Um, so that's one thing and the second thing is uh, well, it's attached to the law of attraction so, A lot of you will have, will have heard this term tossed around and the way that it's often used is, um, with this sort, it's like sort of become synonymous with like high vibes and low vibes. Uh, it's the idea that we attract to us what we are putting out or, or like is drawn to like, right? Um, which interesting because opposites attract, Mm. I mean, laws of magnetism and stuff. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, the law of attraction just this idea that if we put out positive vibes, then we will attract good things and positive vibes and good people and stuff like that to us. And if we put out low vibes, then we will attract low vibing, I guess, shitty people and like bad stuff to us and there's multiple problems with that one of which is that we can't be high vibe all the time we just can't be it would be exhausting it would be uh, just it would be destructive ultimately to only hold ourselves to this high vibe state constantly the low vibes are necessary we need those for survival and it's all part of our like cyclical reality um of of our energy of our spirit of our soul uh like the the cycle of everything of the day of the seasons of life there are high periods and there's low periods they're all necessary they're all necessary and they're all good Sometimes it like the thing we need and the thing that feels best is just really letting ourselves get down into the dark vibes, into the low vibes. So we can like dig into those, experience those, and and move through them um, rather than sort of ignoring them and trying to paper over them with like a false high vibeness. So that's one of the problems that I see Um I, I could talk about that for like way longer, but uh, for the um, purpose of brevity, that's one of the problems that I see with law of attraction. The second one is how it's used. So the idea that um, if you're putting out high vibes, you attract high vibes, you're putting out low vibes, you attract low vibes, that is basically putting the blame for the things that happen to a person in their life entirely on them. So... Yeah, sure. Sometimes we're responsible for the shit that happens in our lives. Sometimes there is a clear uh a uh, cause and effect trajectory. Um but not always, not always. So it is not true that uh someone who like someone who gets cancer did did I mean I hate to go just like straight to cancer, but I mean, hell, it can be a good example. Uh, Somebody who who gets, who who has cancer, did they invite that into their life somehow by putting out low vibes? No. Did they like ask for that somehow? No. Is it also, is it, is it something that is happening for a reason? Because they have a lesson to learn through it? Also, I'm going to say probably no. (laughs) Sometimes things happen in our lives just because, shitty things happen sometimes just because like we live in bodies and those bodies have health problems and health needs and they break down and like that's just part of living on this physical plane. It doesn't always mean that we have like called something in we've on a soul level we've manifested a disease because of our energy or that something is happening to us like for a reason. Or that we have chosen to be birthed into a body that has something wrong with it, you know, like something quote air quotes wrong with it. I don't, I don't really like, I don't really jive with that either, because I think that that leaves too much room for blaming people's circumstances and reality on them, and excusing systems like uh, systemic oppression. Uh, racism, white supremacy, economic disenfranchisement, uh, sexism, transphobia, homophobia, imperialism, colonialism. (laughs) I mean, I could go on. I could go on and on and on. Saying that someone, for instance, um, like all the refugees at the American border, um, (laughs) were those like are those refugees in the place they are where they are caught between two two just like shit ends of the stick trying to escape from one horrible horrible reality and seek asylum somewhere else in the United States and then getting turned away, getting detained, getting mistreated, getting separated from their families, dying in some cases. Did they did they manifest that? No. <laughs> Fuck no, they didn't. They didn't. And is that happening to all of them, quote, for a reason? Also probably no, because again, those things, like thinking like they were born into that reality, this reality for a reason, they chose this. It's excusing all of the shitty other things that are going on. It's excusing everyone in power from from being the cause of that shittiness. It's, the, it's those in power, that are causing it. Not the, not the people themselves, not the victims of that system. So (laughs) law of attraction is too often used as an excuse, as a scapegoat, um, and for, for spiritual bypassing which is basically, if if you're not aware of the term spiritual bypassing, uh, Google it. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that somebody who's written about it. You should really educate yourself on what that is. And I was wanted to talk about that because I can I see that a lot when we are dealing with things like uh, New Year's resolutions, setting intentions. You know, thinking about like the scope of what has happened to us in the last year and what we want to happen in the next year. Um, there's a lot of room there where people can, um, sort of receive this messaging that if they're in a bad place or if they've had like a really crappy year that they've somehow, they're somehow responsible for it themselves. If that's you, you are not responsible for that yourself any more than, you know, if you can, if you can track back like, oh yeah, I'm in this horrible position because I did something that was horrible for me. Like, yeah, okay, then you bear responsibility for it. But if you had a shitty year for other reasons, don't, don't think that it's, like, what you deserve or what you asked for. No, (laughs) no. And also on the other end, too, um like if 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 good things are happening in your life it's not all because you're a great and powerful witch that has manifested all this stuff not necessarily maybe it's because you were born with privilege and you're white i mean thank you to Corinna of rise up good witch amazing podcast that you should listen to by the way uh for creating that beautiful meme that you might have seen uh the meme says maybe you were wait no it was maybe you manifested it maybe it's white privilege.
0: <laughs>
1: so let's be more aware when we are talking about these things, because it can um, send harmful messaging, and it can distort our views of what, what's possible for ourselves and for others. And I think that needs to be said too in, con- in, in conjunction with the devil, because when we're talking about freeing ourselves from the chains in in the devil card like um like becoming aware of the ways in which we are uh, tying ourselves down limiting ourselves um obstructing ourselves undermining ourselves sometimes those things are also engagement um with outside forces or other people you know like it, it, the devil card could be calling for you to realize that you're in a toxic relationship with someone. It could be calling you to realize that um, your job is really negative and is is hurting you more than it's giving to you. It could be acknowledging that you're coming up against some just horrible, shitty system that is is blocking your path. And to become aware of it and and fight back against it in um in the Delta Enduring Tarot, which is an amazing, uh, queer inclusive deck made by um I, I the artist's name I can't remember right now. Um, apologies for not looking that up first before I just started talking, (laughs) um, but it is called Delta Enduring Tarot, and it is beautiful, and everyone should check it out. In that deck, uh, which I don't have, but I want, um, the devil card in it shows a cop car, (laughs) shows a cop car slowly driving down a street, um, and I believe there's also a, um, a human figure in the card, too, walking down the street. Hold on, I'm gonna do Google this real quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a police cruiser, slowly driving down the street, following uh, following a person in a hoodie. That's the Devil card in Delta enduring tarot. Um, and that speaks to the way that sometimes the the oppressive force that we're coming up against is like the oppressive force existing in our in our culture at large, in our in our society, in our government, um, that's sort of threaded throughout uh, the the realities of our everyday lives. And, you know, frankly, that's a lot harder to free oneself from that usually takes a lot more than a single effort that takes a communal effort that that takes um a communal awakening rather than just like one of us realizing you know oh shit this system is broken we all have to realize the system is broken and as more and more of us realize that um we can hopefully collectively do something to change it because if we don't do anything y'all if we don't do anything we're still stuck in it. The devil card ain't going away. (laughs) And if we don't address what's coming up in the devil, if we don't pay attention to it and reckon with it, then what comes next? The tower. Yeah, the tower. So that's my um, spiel on the law of attraction for today. <laughs> um, I hope that you all have an incredible um, rest of your 2018, wonderful, wonderful new year. Um, and if you do set intentions, um, let Capricorn give you give you a boost there and um lend some of its wisdom its its authenticity and self-knowledge and its dedication uh to your efforts um and the last thing that i think capricorn has to to teach us about setting intentions and resolutions, if we want to do that, is um, also that we don't have to do that. <laughs> Capricorn knows themselves so well that they don't take on any, you know, extra bullshit that they don't need to engage in. No, they don't have time for that. They're too busy, like, doing them. <laughs> so if you don't want to set any resolutions this year, set any intentions, like, beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. And if you do, Capricorn can help us out by reminding us to be reasonable. So like, you know, like know ourselves, know thyself, be reasonable with what you, uh, what goals you set, because it's usually better to set small reasonable goals and keep, you know, bumping them up as you go along than to set some like huge unattainable goal and then get super bummed out when we can't reach it. Right, set those small goals. Sort of like step yourself up. Um, So on the one hand, be reasonable, but also don't underestimate yourself. Don't limit yourself. Don't tell yourself that you can't achieve these goals. Like, and this is like two ends of the the scale here, right? Be reasonable, but also don't uh, don't underestimate yourself. Like, they're sort of the same thing, actually. They're sort of two ends of a of a a spectrum, uh, but also sort of the same thing, because being reasonable is also knowing your capacity, knowing what you can do if you put your mind to it, which is probably a whole hell of a lot more than you give your credit yourself credit for most of the time, right? Yeah. And then also Capricorn reminds us that it's going to take work. It's going to take hard, diligent, unceasing work, paired with self-maintenance, self-care, in order to keep ourselves in shape for doing that diligent work, in order to manifest the shit that we want. So yeah, go forth, prosper, have a beautiful new year, make some fucking magic. You're amazing. Now let's listen to my interview with Keon of of Millennial Soul Food um, and... A quick warning about some of the content of this interview. Uh, Kian and I talk about psychedelic drug use. So if you are listening to this with kiddos in the room and that's not something that you want uh, them hearing, then, you know, turn it off and save it for later. Um, And we also do talk about uh, sexual violence at one point, uh, about halfway through the interview. Um, Only, we talked about it only very briefly, but I want to make you aware of that in case it's going to be a trigger for you. And yeah, so enjoy this really amazing conversation that I had with a self-described dystopian Octavia Butler character, (laughs) Keon of Millennial Soul Food. Here you go. All right. Hello. I'm here with Kian of Millennial Soul Food. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kian. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you
2: so much for asking me to do this.
1: Can you, uh, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Hey, yeah. So um, I'm Kian of Millennial Soul Food, and I am a life coach, spiritual coach, business coach, um, and tarot practitioner. Uh, I'm based in Chicago right now, but I'm moving to New Orleans in a week and a half. Yes, that's a little bit about me. I do creative consulting, also digital content strategy.
1: A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff.
2: (laughs) Back of all trades.
1: Yeah. Um, So let's see. You just said that you are uh, moving to New Orleans in a week and a half. Yes. Yeah. You've been in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in
2: Chicago for five
0: years.
1: Yeah. We were, so Keon and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, and I think it ties in with one of the questions I wanted to ask you, which was yeah. about being from the South. So Keon mm-hmm. and I are both uh, Southern transplants, and I guess Keon's moving back. <laughs> back.
2: It's the homecoming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm from Alabama, and Keon's from Mississippi.
2: Tupelo. Tupelo. Near Memphis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's northern Mississippi. Mm-hmm. It's where Elvis
2: Presley is from. Ray Schremer is from there also. It's the origins kind of the blues, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there are no true origins. I don't like to say that with music. But it is one of the places that is known for blues and um, blues music.
1: Yeah. I think that I yeah. think that you can take some take some credit at least for being a place where uh, if not it was created where a ton of it happened.
2: <laughs> exactly. My cousins did that. So that's what I say.
1: Yeah. Um so yeah, so you're moving back to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Well, first um let's see. Uh did I wanted to ask you about uh, the experience of growing up in the South in Tupelo. Yeah. Like, what? I mean, I'm I'm always curious if people have had uh, like other Southern transplants have had similar um, uh, sort of experiences as I mm-hmm. did. Oh my god! What was it? What was it like? I mean, I had a lot yeah. of religion in my life, a lot oh of like god. social norms to deal yeah. with.
2: Very yeah. rigid. Yeah, I would say it was very difficult, to be honest, because there was uh, I'm pretty effeminate at times. And especially when I was growing up, I was very expressive. I liked to like dance and I guess I was I was pretty well spoken. So um, it was definitely difficult because there was a lot of femme phobia and homophobia. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got bullied a whole lot, like throughout elementary mm-hmm. um middle school um high school, but at the same time, I was pretty popular um, <laughs> but there was just like these several people that were haters mm-hmm. um and I mean you know they would make fun of me and shit, but i was I knew how to like defend myself, you know so mm-hmm. um even though I would get called a faggot and stuff, I could read the hell out of people. Like, mm-hmm. and I think I developed that around like seventh grade. I just remember waiting for the bus in my grandmother's um, house. Cause I would go to my grandmother's house every day and wait for the bus whenever my um, mother would go to work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, today, I'm not gonna take this shit from these people. <laughs> and um, I, I had a sailor's mouth. So <laughs> I, I know how to curse, like it's an art for me. So um, I, like, started defending myself. Um, And I will say, whenever I moved away from the South, I had to deal with that anger because I had a lot of, like, queer rage, I guess you could say. So I've learned how to channel that now into something more productive. But I was just, I was angry a whole lot um, growing up. And then, um, but thankfully, I would say, like, alternative spiritual practices was my escape. Like, even from, like... Dang. In seventh grade, or whenever I was like seven years old, for instance, um, I had this stick that I would keep outside on top of this, our fence, and I would go out and conjure the wind and stuff. Yes. So, yeah, at the same time, I did allow, there was a lot of like social oppression, mm-hmm. but I found my escape in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was, cause I had a huge backyard and there's a lot of parks. So, you know, in the South, it's just like, I think nature there is very wild. Um, it's like another kind of spirit. I don't know. Oh yeah.
0: You know what I mean? It's oh. kind of like,
2: cause I was in Chicago. People will say like, oh yeah, I, there's so much nature where I live and they <laughs> live across from a park, quote unquote. Right. But I'm like, no, you need to be where you feel like you're in another world where, you know, it's like. Uh, Hella bugs and just, like, it's uh real nature, the sounds and everything. So I will say that was a blessing growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, as far as school, that was kind of oppressive. But my grandmother's house was sort of, like, my safe space. Mm -hmm. And I actually got my, like, intuitive gifts from her. um, Because she has always had, like, dreams and premonitions and stuff like that. And we weren't necessarily – she wasn't like, oh, I'm a psychic – I practice hoodoo, mm-hmm. but she just did a lot of stuff that witches do. Um, mm-hmm. Like we had customs on new year's um, to cook black beans and greens,
0: mm-hmm. no
2: washing. Cause that you wash your luck away. Um, so like prosperity ritual. And then she would clean the house with pine salt and pine salt is a main ingredient in like kitchen witchery.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and also she, I would describe her as a kitchen witch cause she also cooked for like a lot of people. Um, so at church, she would make a, lots of food, um, but it was like, it was very healing for other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. She
0: was
2: a, like, she was a community person. Yeah. So her um, house was a safe space for me and she never made me feel different for being so effeminate. So she never, she was never like, why are you acting like a girl? Quit <laughs> acting like a girl, Keon. She'd just be like, yeah, that Keon likes to dance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, you know,
2: and she'd always call me like sweet thing. Um, But also she would always talk about her dreams. And um, I have an aunt who, um, she's like, I guess, um, mentally, like she has a mental illness where Mm -hmm. she always talked to herself. But, Mm -hmm. um, and she kind of had these fits of anger, but she also had these moments where she would be like hella psychic and kind of just like know shit before it Mm -hmm. happened or just know what people were going to say. So my grandmother would always say like that she was um, like touched or, you know, she was like, well, you know, um, some people, they, they might seem far off, but that means that they're probably closer to God or whatever.
1: Right. Touched um, by the
2: angels. That's mm-hmm, what my grandma yeah. would say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so just stuff like that. Now I'm kind of like, damn. <laughs> like, yeah. dream analysis, mm-hmm. literally learning how to do the prosperity stuff, mm-hmm. ritual. Um, and then she told me that she would, like, do just certain prayers over me when I was an infant. So she said she, mm. at one point she like, um. she was over me in the cradle and she just like put her hands up and basically said this prayer over me, like, um, like, let me be a vessel for like God and all this kind of stuff.
1: Oh, wow. No, no she pressure. No pressure, baby Keon. Like-
2: <laughs> yeah. And my birthday is January 6th, Three Kings, um, Three Kings Day. So also uh-huh. there's a hill um, parades in New Orleans. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
2: day well, of Mardi Gras.
1: You have a lot to live up to, Keon. (laughs) I
2: know. I'm living up to it, I think. But so, yeah, that was kind of what my experience down south was. I really gained an appreciation for nature. um, And then I've always been into subversive stuff or taboo stuff, I think, Mm -hmm. as um, a product of me growing up. So other, you know. Yes, I do. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, so I'm queer and black. All right. Well, let's just get weird <laughs> as fuck. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna learn yep. about everything that that these people are afraid of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's queer black. Now let's add like witch witchcraft. Like,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what else? What else? Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, also, I wanted to talk about college because mm. um, I will say growing up. Growing up was difficult, but I think it gave me kind of, like, the armor. Like, it helped me really build up the rage to just be like, I'm just going to do this shit and Mm -hmm. whatever I see. So in college, that is whenever I did a lot of um, informal shaman ritual. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. I call it, looking back. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did – my friend, actually, in Oregon, um, he grew shrooms. And wow. so the first time I ever took shrooms, they were, it's like the shrooms that he grew. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to university of Mississippi in Oxford, Mississippi. Oh,
0: nice. <laughs> Ole
1: Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Oxford always sport. sounds so fancy. It makes me laugh because of
2: Oxford is England. bougie as fuck too. Is it? It's pretty bougie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very bougie, but um problematic at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: in Oxford, because I, um I would say in, in college, I hung out with a lot of Black people who were, like, I guess, kind of overachievers and in a lot of clubs and stuff. A lot of them didn't smoke weed, but then my white friends were, like, the hippies who, <laughs> like, took, you know, LSD and shrooms. So those are my white friends, and that's how I got, um, I guess, exposed to that, kind of. <laughs> like. So when I did shrooms and then, uh, like, LSD and um, salvia, And I had like these trips that were amazing. So, like, I'll tell you about my enlightenment trip. Yes, please do. Okay. Absolutely. Oh my God. So, um, I have a tattoo called Man Under the Tree. And Mm -hmm. this is based on um, a discovery that I had during this ritual that I did on LSD. Um, So, have you ever heard of Timothy Leary before?
1: Uh, absolutely. The name's really familiar. Uh, Yeah, who, who is it?
2: So Timothy Leary was a Harvard professor in the 1960s who pioneered using LSD as a form of, um, like psychiatric, um, help, like to help people get over or, you know, overcome like mental illnesses, depression, addiction, that kind of stuff. I
1: was just reading an article about this Mm -hmm. stuff like yeah mailed and so that's probably why the name's familiar
2: Mm -hmm. but then the government started using it um and they just i think they discovered how beneficial it was Mm -hmm. and so then they created all this propaganda to make it taboo but anyway timothy leary um did a lot of study of eastern philosophy and uh have you ever heard of the tibetan book of living and dead yes so you know how that goes through um it talks about multi dimensionality and also like the path of the soul throughout life and then mm-hmm. in death, also um, the different stages and bardos and like samsara. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a manual for people on LSD to do a ritual that involves like a soul rebirth. Ooh. So and it's like it's a ritual that takes like ten hours or so because on LSD you trip for like thirteen at least. Yeah. Um. So this particular day, me and my friend, um, who was this white like kind of white dude who was um into like liberal and radical politics and stuff, but we were very opposite, but we were, were like best friends.
0: Mm-hmm. So we
2: took it at nine o'clock, um, because I liked. To do my um tripping in the morning so it's kind of like it's like i'm rising with mm. the sun and then it goes down with the night sort of yeah so um i had i planned out this whole ritual i had some recordings on my phone um and so we took the acid and the first part of the trip involves um laying in shavasana so mm-hmm. you lay down and that's the ego death so you're supposed to meditate for like it, i met meditating for about 30 minutes to 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And during that meditation, you see the ugliest stuff that you can see, period. And it, it looked like a lot of like Aztec deities that mm-hmm. were like demons, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's the death part when you see all this stuff and you, you have to make it through that and keep your eyes shut. So I kept my eyes shut through that. That sounds I, horrible. <laughs> but it's an initiation.
0: So <laughs> you have to go through that part. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Keep
2: keep going. Keep going. (laughs) So I it was some oh girl it was like (laughs) a lot it was just like these ugly faces and these sensations also I was like Mm -hmm. like all the fear like it was everything I was afraid of that I couldn't see
0: yeah so then
2: um after that like you feel you feel a lot of like activity in your on the top of your head and your pineal gland and Mm -hmm. spine and stuff like that. And so I opened my eyes, and that's when the visuals started. And my friend lived across from William Faulkner's cemetery. This is so, like, Uh Southern Uh Gothic. (laughs) Yes, it is. My life is a Southern (laughs) Gothic novel.
0: I love it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
2: So William Faulkner, we would—I'd hung out in William Faulkner Cemetery like all the time. We would like smoke. Oh holy. my
0: god! And if the there's stars. like
1: a a dark kind of trippy dude, it's William Faulkner.
2: <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So and people leave him offerings, like you know, like alcohol yeah. and stuff, because he was a drunk. Uh-huh. Um. So I something told me to go over there, and I found this tree to sit under. And basically, I think that the tree was like relaying information to me. Um, and so the trip started, my friend came over and we tripped and stuff like that. And we were talking and I had the music going and then he left. And so I kept getting this like message about man under the tree. And like my trip was getting more and more intense. And at the same time, a thunderstorm was like brewing and, you know, like in the South thunderstorm, yeah. you feel the energy. Yep. So I was literally, I was like, I'm not leaving from under this tree. And I was, I remember I was listening to the Crystal Castle suffocation and empathy, Mm -hmm. like just over and over.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: uh, it really, I was like thinking just about me, like being this black queer person um, in the South, like suffering so much. But at the same time, I was having this amazing, like transcendent experience. I kept thinking like man under the tree, man under the tree, man under the tree. And my trip got so deep, I felt like I could relate everything to everything in the universe. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this relates to this. Da, 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 da. So it was like a oneness moment. And it was at the same time that the storm kept getting stronger and it was like thundering and lightning. And I was just under the tree, like, just like absorbing the energy. I feel like I was conjuring the storm. So wait yeah, till you that- hear this other part. <laughs> so then I, I was like, I had the I think that we reached the eye of the storm because mm-hmm. it got suddenly kind of like very calm. Mm-hmm. And then I like left and I went to my friend and I was like, man under the tree. And we were both tripping. And so like sometimes when you're on LSD, you have like um, psychic moments. So mm-hmm. some of it was us talking, but I was like, man under the tree. What the fuck does that mean? And I was getting so pissed. And as I was getting angry, the storm kept getting, like, stronger. Mm -hmm. And so I went and sat on the computer, and I was like, man under the tree, man under the tree. And then lightning struck his attic. He lived (laughs) in an attic apartment. Lightning struck the fucking (laughs) apartment. And so then we were like, what the fuck? And the light on my side was still on, but his was off. And we knew it was verification because his neighbor came over and was like, I've never seen lightning like that. Are y'all okay? And she was this like rich, bougie, Southern white lady. Yeah. So, you know, she's not, I'm like, she was verification. like, okay, motherfucker, you want to see this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So then that, that made so much sense because it was kind of like me figuring out man out of the tree was like the big bang. And it was like my rebirth, you know what I mean? Mm. From like this kind of like darkness.
0: Yeah,
2: so it just, that event was like, it was like a culmination of my internal dynamics with like an external kind of like stimuli. And yeah. it was like, fuck!
0: <laughs> I was like, that's what it is! <gasps> oh, but then I was like, I still have
2: to live in the world now. But right. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is enlightenment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, and so then we went and did some tarot. Uh, of course (laughs) and I just pulled these random cards and I was like oh my god um these cards spelled g-o-d but then I I was just I noticed I was like oh wait this isn't a d and so then um I didn't say that to my friend but I was like flipping through to find the d and then my friend said oh there's a d missing and as he said that I pulled the fourth um card which is Uh is that the empress or the high Priestess?
1: uh number 4 in tarot that yeah. would that would be the emperor
2: yeah so i pulled that card and mm-hmm. it was like cuz you know 4 is d yeah and i was yeah. like what the fuck yeah yeah so then i would say like that happened period and from that trip i like i understood like that the limits of um that the limits of human consciousness is like on a binary mm-hmm. and a lot of the world is a projection within that you know so my gender was a projection of that. You know, people treating me shitty was because they were projecting a false illusion onto my body. You know what I mean? Yes. So, dude, the
0: your oh. fucking like,
2: <laughs> Man. And I like, I, I, you know, like on the um, tarot card, the high priestess, the black and white, mm-hmm. I knew I could figure all that shit out. Racism. Oh, my God. I was like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you explain it to me now? <laughs> I was like,
2: okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was just—it really helped me realize, like, the three D illusion, illusion, kind of like a uh, that this is an illusion. A lot of it,
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: an illusion, and it's um, a lot of this is based on like frameworks for perceiving reality. Yeah. So that was like I call now I call that stuff like mind technology. And Ooh. since then, I have done – that is basically – from that trip, I learned how to communicate with my, like, ascendant masters and, like, um, spirits that, like, create mm-hmm. synchronicities
1: in my life. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, my God. You just you just gave me – like, I feel like you just exploded my mind a little bit talking about, I mean, talking about all know. this as a projection, you know, as an illusion, <laughs> and then the phrase mind technology because
2: it literally I wrote creates it down down and synapses it. Yeah. yeah it literally creates new synapses mm-hmm. and there's this author who wrote about that because me and my friend also we did a ton of research um you know i i went to university of michigan you know i'm pretty smart so i'm like <laughs> i'm a very much an academic researcher you know what i mean but also very into the woo-woo whatever mm-hmm. um my i'm a rising <laughs> aquarius so
1: Oh, there we go. Yeah. There's the, yeah. and Keon's a Capricorn. I don't think we've mentioned that. Yes, Capricorn, yet. moon,
2: and sun.
1: Uh, yeah. So like Capricorn <laughs> plus the Aquarius rising, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yes.
2: Yeah, so sense. I, and then I have since then I've had like fucking like seven or eight trips. Like okay. I, on a shroom trip, I actually, um, I did a shroom trip last year and I, that's when I got the idea to do my business. Like Mm. this was 2017. Like, so since then I, I've literally learned how to use, um, plant medicine, especially like psychoactive plant medicine as a pathway for like greater realization of myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have
0: so
2: many stories. Do you like just period? It's like, Oh my God. It's a lot of synchronicities and yeah, I know that there's greater forces working. Um, Mm -hmm. working Mm -hmm. and I may not be aware of what's going on now, but I kind of have to just um, trust my like fourth and fifth dimensional self. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. bro. And that's just one story. So Mm -hmm. after that, um, yeah, after that, to be honest, whenever I was in the South, um, I did a lot of partying and stuff also. So Mm -hmm. I kind of, I'm, Studied abroad in Latin America, actually, when I was in college. I studied mm-hmm. abroad for a year. And there, um, that's whenever I got in touch with this kind of like alter ego self. I call myself Keyonce.
0: Uh, like,
2: people. Keyonce, yeah. People call me that. Okay, so <laughs> that basically emerged after I went to a gay club in Memphis that I would frequent. And afterwards, I was like, let me call myself Kiance And everyone was like, oh, my God, Keyonce. So my friends <laughs> call me that too. They'll be like Keonce, what's up? And I was going. Was
1: this yeah. before or after or during Beyonce? So that must have been like, was was Beyonce a thing yet, or was it still Destiny's Child?
2: Beyonce was a thing. Beyonce okay. is actually responsible for one of the reasons I like decided to just be queer and like stop being super Christian.
1: Oh my
0: praise! Her Beyonce. album came out. Her um, album
2: coming out also correlates with one of the quarters of my Saturn's return. So. <laughs>
1: I hope Beyonce is listening
2: to this right now. I mean,
1: for many reasons, but also because
2: of Beyonce, when she came out with Crazy in Love, I was like, okay, I'm sitting over here worried about being queer when she over here fucking getting it.
0: Mm -hmm. I was like, let
1: me, like,
2: I was on the verge of becoming Pentecostal and speaking in tongues. And the Lord showed me that I didn't need to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Spirit did.
1: Wow. Yeah. Should I go into that? Wow. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious about that because I've I've have, um I have a a few friends who um are like ex-Pentecostal um mm. and they had like the you know the whole like laying on hands and like mm-hmm. um you know speaking words over people and mm-hmm. um they left that and I mean I hope I'm getting it right I'm, I hope it was Pentecostal but regardless it was, on yeah, it was one of the Christian yeah it's one of the quick Christian denominations that's also very like um kind of woo in a way like in, in that way, way, like perfection. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And that's what I was searching. I noticed, like, I realized later, I was always searching for that woo woo part. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I mean, I do transcendental meditation. I like, I, the spirits just be talking to me all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but I was looking for that kind of um, that kind of like suspension in nowhere. Cause I would see people like speaking in tongues. and I was like, they are like in a liminal reality, you know, I was looking for that escape,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: which I later found through psychedelics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that was my search about church. Cause it was like, I'm not really into the fucking dogma, you know what I mean? Right. And them having all these like services, like they have just these like praise services. And it was so much energy, mm-hmm. but also girl, <laughs> they, the church, I realized the preachers, especially are channeling women's sexual energy and you can in terrible ways to cre- create these power dynamics is based on patriarchy. Yeah. And it's like, cause you know how women are subjugated, but then it's like subjugated in the church, but there was so much sexualization of these women. And then the excitement, you know, the excitement in the air. Sometimes I would be channeling like sexual energy, uh-huh. like not to the point where I, "Quote unquote, like had a heart on, but it was like <laughs> I was like I would be feeling like oh my god, and I noticed it was like all of the repressed sexual energy in there. Oh, like gosh, there's a yeah. reason they, in the like they tell people not to have sex so they can have that emotional release. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Because mm-hmm. yep, women masturbation is at the a church, sin. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, you don't need to be out here sleeping with these men.
0: <laughs> <Keep> your
2: pussy <laughs> locked away. The <with> chastity
0: belt." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my so God.
2: That, I noticed that. Because in church, the deacons would be trying to look up women's skirts and shit. Uh. I'm like, am
0: you supposed to be
2: men of God? So that's, yeah, that was my whole thing. I was like, I knew there was some weird manipulation of energy mm-hmm. going on.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and
2: that was at fucking 14 and 15. Mm-hmm. But at 14 and 15, I was also reading about Pleiadians and people channeling extraterrestrials. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> you had some extracurricular reading going on, you, know. The, you know. Whatever,
0: Just, you know. <laughs> normal, normal stuff
1: like Just normal uh, earthly shit, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I, yeah, that was that was my search, especially um, in the south, was for that that exciting, like, oh, ha, should have mm-hmm. bought a Honda. How do you <laughs> need a
0: but then you know,
2: I was like, fuck all this, I can't do this.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Do yeah. you think that they are like uh, the the preachers, the pastors? Are they like so? I mean, if they're they're channeling something, mm-hmm. like are they working a kind of like magic themselves? Like, I mean,
2: I I call rape um, tongue binding. Like that's Ooh. a that's a tongue binding spell. Like one of the major ways that like because I did went to grad school for sociology, um, and I did international studies in college, but. One of the key first things in colonization is rape of women, mm-hmm. and that is a tongue binding spell because you you create within someone like um, the such a void that they don't want to talk about their experience. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's the reason. Them. Like,
2: I think it's cool that all this like Me Too stuff is happening and people are calling out sexual assault because that's been one of the most covert uh, mm-hmm. mechanisms of patriarchy to keep it like perpetuating itself you know because people are afraid to speak up
0: yeah yeah so it's like I think
2: um yeah these preachers I don't think they realize it but they are taking people's energy for their own power because they're mm. they're manipulating the way that people see them you know what I mean when mm. they out here sleeping with all of the women <laughs> the preacher when I the preach because the preacher that um my preacher he was a preacher I think from like Nine until I graduated and left um, Tupelo um, find out 15 years later, his ass had gotten somebody pregnant. In the church. So it's like, and then also I've seen all these Netflix documentaries about these preachers literally saying that they're atheists and they don't believe it. So it's like, Oh wow.
0: Yeah. 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 They're but they for the power.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they don't realize this is you religion is one of the main ways that this kind of like violence has continued. That we keep
1: people oppressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the story of like Christianity as soon as like the Catholic church and the Pope and all that Mm -hmm. got involved, you know?
2: Yes. (gasps) Oh my God. Yes, exactly. That's, Oh, that's why I wanted to talk about hoodoo and stuff too. Right. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Okay. Okay. This is, this is happening. Perfect. This is perfect.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm a Capricorn, so I already be like,
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, I, I think that ties in pretty nicely, uh, since mm-hmm. it, like also from like the dogma angle of, uh, organized religion and the Christian church and stuff mm-hmm. like that and it being used to control people or to mm-hmm. keep people down. Um, and then, I mean, I'll let you tell us a little bit about what hoodoo is because I am not and any sort yeah, of word.
0: so
2: um, so hoodoo is not a belief system. It's not like voodoo, anything like that. Hoodoo is—I like to call it—a um, method for hacking the matrix. So yeah. I, I, you know, I'm about to blow people's minds.
1: <laughs> You're blowing um, my mind.
2: <laughs> I, to be honest, I consider myself an Octavia Butler character in one of her novels. I believe. Like, it. I consider myself an ancient ancestor that's come back in this computer simulated matrix reality to fuck shit up and then go back <laughs> to the other dimension and never come back.
1: Aquarius exactly. rising.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out.
0: No more. No more.
2: So, um, okay. So with hoodoo, um, in a more abstract way, all of these cultures have had ways they've used mechanisms to um program reality and everything is a reflection of our mind so everything is universal mind so spirits like all the spirits are reflections of what we are period Mm -hmm. because we are reflections of divinity so as above so below you know what i mean that's a that's a key that's why on instagram i want people to start getting into the occult theory Cause it's not just about spells. And I think people will realize why appropriation is kind of wrong, but mm-hmm. it's like everyone has these different symbols, rites, rituals that they've used to access, um, the pool of potential of all of reality.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: with hoodoo, we use these different herbs, like everything in reality exists in this plane. And ethereal plane and the astral plane. And so the reason we use like different herbs is because like sage has a characteristic, you know, in food, it's good, you know, it tastes good, but mm-hmm. on the ethereal plane, it's a cleansing agent. So mm-hmm. that's the reason people use it to cleanse energy and stuff. Cause everything has like a signature and it exists on different levels. Like, yeah. you know, we have fourth dimensional cells, plants do too. Yeah. So that is, that is one of the things that we brought over from um west africa especially well africa period but mm-hmm. especially west africa during the transatlantic slave trade mm-hmm. um transatlantic trade of enslaved people i don't like to say slave cuz we were not slaves we were enslaved right um so hoodoo is basically a system for tapping into um this kind of manifestation potential you know you can do hexes in the hoodoo mm-hmm. um but I just wanted to talk about how hoodoo is a part of a universal method that humans have used to tap into these subtle forces.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with
2: hoodoo, um, like I said, <clears throat> I grew up in Mississippi. All my family's from Mississippi, Louisiana. So there's hoodoo, a, a lot of hoodoo around there. There's Appalachians who use hoodoo. Mm-hmm. I guess hoodoo is, you know, different in different areas or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I wanted to establish that hoodoo is specifically – a way that black southern folks tapped into re- this realm of unknown potential yes. and so we also you he do is like a political it was a political weapon to back then and also today mm-hmm. like so i did latin american studies in college like i said and i took this class on um latin american like spirituality and it talked about how um because there are more Black people brought over to Latin America than the United States, like. Oh, wow. Like, a lot more. Wow. Um, But they, like, that's where, you know, like Santeria comes from, and like Um, But um, during colonization, Spanish colonization, um, a lot of Spaniards, white people would go to Black witches to be like, oh my God, can you help me with my crops?
0: Because right. they had this
2: knowledge of the moon, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. And they had
2: this kind of knowledge with and kind of knowledge of how nature worked that the Spaniards did not have. Mm-hmm. So that was a way for them to use it as power, but also to be like, you know, if you if you slip the fuck up, I'm going to hex your ass and you're mm-hmm. going to wish that you had not crossed me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people in, for instance, in Mississippi, we used a, lo- a lot to, um, for protection from law enforcement, and so mm. I think it's like people need to remember that when they're doing these mojo bags and stuff, it was done in a certain context, and the people who who the people from whom it originated need to be using it for it to be most powerful.
0: Ooh, yeah. Um,
2: like it's then that's the reason I tell my white friends, like, because I've had some white people be like, "Well, I don't have any of that in my ancestry." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "No, actually, there's." Mystical people everywhere. Like if you're Irish, Ireland is hella mystical. <laughs> yeah. England has indigenous people. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Use
2: that so you can tap into your ancestral power. Yeah. It doesn't help if like white people are using mojo bags. Right. That doesn't help any. That doesn't help. It's just kind of like stealing, sort of.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And, yeah and, and, and sometimes
2: it is more complicated mm-hmm. than that because I have a Cajun friend who, um, I would say he did educate me a lot on um, hoodoo and stuff like that, or not even educate, but he shared a lot of resources with me,
0: Mm -hmm. but
2: um, he doesn't use it in like, he doesn't use it for like money or anything like that. It's kind of, he grew up around it, but so it is kind of more complex, but generally people need to kind of, I think, stick to their own lane with that.
1: Right, and and if people actually, like, look into it, like, look into their ancestry, like, I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I have, uh, like, a lot of, like, Irish and English and German mm-hmm. and stuff like that in me, and also some Scandinavian, I can just, yep. like, trace that back and find some, More like, holo magic up in there, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: like Exactly.
1: Yeah, and there's, like, corollaries, I mean, like, I mean, I'm not sure, I'm, I haven't done enough research, but, like... Uh, there's probably some sort of like mojo bag corollary in one of those, um, uh, f- like locations or exactly, like ancestries, yeah. you know,
2: the, just like the evil eye is synonymous around the world,
1: right? Right,
2: period.
1: yeah. And then know. I think
2: also like nature ritual, you can do that, that's pretty neutral, you know, like mm-hmm. that's just nature spirits and stuff, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to involve like you know the. I think the appropriation is when you involve the cultural elements that weren't really meant for you to use.
1: Right. Yeah. Or, yeah.
2: Or someone to use.
1: Yeah. And you're probably using them without understanding and exactly without that access point. Like, you know. and,
2: and so today, like, or in this day and age, I think it's important for black people, especially to take back this because I mean, I have given advice on um, mojo bag work, for, like, friends who have had court cases. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my stuff, because, you know, I like to smoke weed. (laughs) So (laughs) I have my stuff that I like, you know, my protective stuff to not get caught by law enforcement. Like, you know, I always do a prayer before I travel, period. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of travel through the Deep South. Um, Yeah, so I think it's important for people to understand that we have this power to tap into these other forces. And it's not the devil, because I think that is, Another thing, like you know, especially the darker skin the more the darker that you one is the I feel like there's more stigma that they're socialized into thinking that they well they are socialized into thinking that they're more stigmatized than they actually are, or
0: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or like
2: I think the darker you are like because for me or in the popular um like representation of people, like there's a lot of like lighter skin people um representing quote-unquote these evil forces but you don't really yeah. see that happening from like darker people and i think it's because that's colorism mm.
0: mm-hmm. uh, and
2: it's like it keeps us from like tapping into our own true power so mm-hmm. everyone needs to all black people need to be doing it, not just like lighter skinned people you know
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
2: and that's also an illusion you know like
1: great. Right. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, it's an illusion, yeah. and and yet it is also very real because of the way that it can affect us in this material plane.
2: Exactly, and yeah. so yeah, and so I have found I'm my work is really to make this content more accessible, um, and then also you know I'm hella into spiritual stuff, but I don't really I wear a lot of black, but I don't really look goth, quote unquote. So I'm mm. also here to like. I guess, you know, kind of dispel that. You know, it's not like I'm just shaking skulls around and like, you know, (laughs) and like blowing powder everywhere, which that is a part of some ritual, you know, like in voodoo and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, I am a pretty, well, I wouldn't say I'm a regular person. I'm just a person.
1: <laughs> quote so, unquote regular, you know. Quote unquote
2: regular. What does that
1: mean? <laughs> exactly.
2: So yeah, that's how I feel about um hoodoo. It's a cultural mm-hmm. um a cultural relic relic. It's a cultural mm-hmm. um system of magic.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah. I and so like um uh I know that um, there are some white people in the South that practice. Um, uh, I think that, like usually it's called like conjure rather yeah. than hoodoo. Yeah. Um, and I don't really, I, I don't know much about it. I mean, I've, I've, like some of the um, practices. Like as I've learned about it as an adult, I can like reflect back and mm-hmm. see some of those. Like when you're talking about like your grandmother being kind mm-hmm. of like magical and using these. Mm-hmm. Um, rituals like black eyed peas and collards. That yeah. Is, that was a thing my grandma did too. Um, Cause it's
2: different. Yeah. It's like, it's complex, especially, yeah. with, but I think especially today, like people like that, if you are, if you're white and you're doing hoodoo stuff and you get big, you need to be donating to right. black people To We need to be sharing resources. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I think that like, if you are going to be using that stuff, people need to understand how to use their privilege. Just like yeah. me as a male, for, like male presenting person Mm -hmm. I need to be using my privilege to help protect like trans people you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so Mm -hmm. it's like people need to understand how to use their privilege especially economic privilege because representation isn't just enough people need actual resources yeah so I think people especially white people if they're going to be doing it like they need to find ways to put other people on yeah um, like black people especially
1: yeah, and like yeah. I, I think especially with something like this, since like it was a uh, like it was originally a method used for um, enslaved peoples and oppressed yeah. peoples to like have like to have some sort of power and protection, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so then, for you know, uh, like a white person to come in and just start using it, that's kind yeah, of like uh, so, extra Sephora.
0: offensive.
1: Like, <laughs> extra offensive, right?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: oh my god, I need to conjure. A pumpkin latte, like. <laughs> like
0: oh, get, get uh, <laughs>
1: you almost uh, made me spit coffee <laughs> 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 uh, uh,
0: out. Yeah, know, I want
2: to hex that hoe. I fucking hate her.
0: <laughs>
2: anyway, <laughs> that's oh. another thing with the hexing too. I don't really, I don't be out here hexing really. Like mm-hmm. I'm just because this you have to reciprocate. I'm not in hoodoo. There is no good and bad. You can, you, mm-hmm. if you hex, it's not considered bad. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm not really too clear on the the exchange with the universe. So I don't right. want to test it. I also, people out here doing these love jars and stuff. I got a story for that. Mm-mm. I You know, I, I don't really do too much like love spell work yeah. um, to draw people to me. Because I got turned out and then hurt. I was because, yeah. you know, it was, it was too... I was having really good sex, but then he didn't give a fuck about me.
0: Oh,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> that just seems like asking. It just seems like it just seems like trouble you,
2: yeah, so to I do. Yeah, I, I, like I do stuff about shedding fear. Yeah. Um, you know, calling in ancestors for protection. Sometimes I have Harriet Tubman on my altar. She's mm-hmm. helped me through a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's like that's one of the things that. Um, uh, really interests me about hoodoo and about any sort of magical practice is like the the idea of like black and white magic or good and bad magic, right? I mean, because oh with black God. and white, we just use the word black to mean evil. exactly. Also, society and culture and imperialism. <laughs> but
0: mm-hmm. oh my um, God,
1: <laughs> the idea that there's that there's any kind of like um, inherently good or bad, and like I don't know where I fall on that, honestly.
2: I mean, I would say. To, to the spirits, I don't. It's problematic to say this, but it's neutral a Mm -hmm. lot because reality is based on our experience. Mm -hmm. But if you suspend actions and just avoid, they don't mean anything. Even if another person beats the shit out of another person, if you suspend that outside their experience, it's just the thing that happened. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. If
2: you look at it within the greater context of all of existence, yeah, you know, yeah. that's hella like abstract. But do you get what do you feel me? I, I
1: get I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I think it's just really hard for us to like transcend to that point, you know. Exactly. Like somebody that gets the yeah. shit beat out of them, they're gonna have a hard time feeling that way. Like, oh, oh I can just
0: this.
2: And but that that's how I really processed a lot of my hate. Cause mm-hmm. I got made fun of a lot by black men. And so I had to really do a lot of work around not automatically oh, yeah. being afraid of every straight black dude that I passed by. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it involved me, like, you know, understanding that that was my particular experience and I went through that, but um, it's different for people with like mental illness and stuff like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. but I had to kind of be like, oh, well that happened to me, but I ha- I need to move on and like mm-hmm. understand that that was just a part of my narrative. Mm-hmm. And I have the power to create my narrative moving on.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm yeah oh my god! I'm gonna cry
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that that's what like the best thing like the best and biggest thing that I want everybody to understand is the power mm-hmm. of creating your own narrative like
2: exactly,
1: and so much of what we do is is create these narrative- narratives, tell these stories about ourselves to ourselves, you know and that are not true right right it, it's assigning meaning um as if it is a like static objective thing you know mm-hmm. um and it absolutely is it doesn't have to be it
0: exactly
2: to be. <laughs> goes with self-actualization mm-hmm. but yeah and also i think a lot of times people are afraid to do like witch stuff because it involves like an individual connection with the divine. Cause so many yeah. people are kind of just being used to being like, let me just go to this group and listen to this person. But you kind of have to like create your own connection. Right. I mean, there's ways to do altars and stuff, but that's also another thing I want to, people don't have to be so attached to rules. Like mm-hmm. when I do rituals, it can take two hours. But I'll I be just, I mean, I stick to, you know, which herbs I need to use, but I'll be listening to all kinds of music. I'll be putting Cardi B on. I'll put like Alice Coltrane on. Like, yeah. I'll be like, you know, just channeling stuff, feeling the spirits <laughs> and stuff. And it's not just like rigid, like, let me do this first. I'm going right. to take my spiritual bath.
1: Right, right, right. For
2: 20 minutes, not a second after.
1: You know, if And then God forbid you got to like break the circle to go to the bathroom or something. Oh, should have went before. You should have went before.
0: Got a plan. Got a plan. For this. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. But yeah, that is another thing people are afraid of is like to take that leap and like be like, you know, I, I can do this work for personal and spiritual development, like with myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 I I, and just like uh, the I yeah that and that's another sort of anti dogma sort of um, connection as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we get so used to thinking like um, there's one right way to do things or there's some secret you know like um, to manifesting everything I need right yeah yeah. Mm And that's the idea behind so many like mystery schools that mm-hmm. like you know you ascend in the ranks and then eventually you're like given access to the to, to the, the secret right right and you know then you so have this all is power.
2: The age of Aquarius. So mm-hmm. we are lifting the veil. Yes. Aquarius yes. is all about the humanitarian effort, but it be in being an individual. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. You know did you mean? know I'm an
1: Aquarius son? <gasps> Did I say Whoa! that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah! Like we're we're meant to be, <laughs> right? Meant to be. Yeah, we're making it. We're making it collective. You know. Let them get it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um. Yeah. Okay. And now I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on, uh, all of my questions. Okay. So we, we talked a little bit about, um, appropriation. Oh, can I, so, uh, like for, for, uh, for like a a white person who Mm -hmm. is interested in, uh, cultivating their own relationship with magic, or I guess with any person who's interested Mm -hmm. in cultivating this, um, like what advice would you give them? you know, and uh, as far as like where to look, um, how mm-hmm. to, uh, be conscious of and avoid, uh, appropriating. Um, um, I think
2: Starhawk, have you ever heard of them? Oh yeah, of course. Starhawk is an excellent resource to mm-hmm. start with because I love them because they have, um, they came out with the first edition of their book. What's the name of that book? Uh, Are you talking about
1: the Spiral Dance? Yes, the
2: Spiral Dance. They came out with that edition, and then they came out with another edition that's updated to consider, you know, intersectionality, basically. So I think that um, Starhawk is a great um, start. And Mm -hmm. then also, I think, um, maybe understand, like, white people know more about where their family came from. So look into the mythologies, and then especially... um, for like spell stuff like using the moon there's nothing wrong with that like mm-hmm. using like herbs and stuff like that plants that's cool but mm-hmm. I would say I think Starhawk has a lot of um good resources yeah 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 cool. and then just kind of like develop your own like moral compass around it like <sighs> read some stuff
1: get a conscience Get uh, a conscience,
2: you know? <laughs> but I do think the spiral dance is a great, great start.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did you, like... So you, you've you just been, like, uh, exploding my mind um, with some of the things that you've been saying and the way you've been saying them is, like, helping me um, re-access like access and reconsider um, ideas that I already have but in a different mm-hmm. way. And it's so incredible. Did... How did you get this smart?
0: <laughs>
1: like like are you reading stuff or did this all come through through like your like rituals when you're on psychedelics or like I mean
2: <laughs> um damn oh my God. I I mm, hmm. I think it's a combination. I I have always been a very avid reader. Um, and then I also grew up as an only child. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a lot of time to do my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would cons- I would say it comes like I started out doing a lot of reading about um, just stuff to expand my mind. Like I said, when I was 14, I was reading about like Pleiadian- Pleiadians and people channeling extra extra um dimensional beings mm-hmm. who were here to deliver a mission to earth. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I definitely don't really consider myself at the core like quote unquote human. Mm-hmm. I like have I guess always thought about things in like this kind of grander context.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's a combination of like reading a whole lot um and then being very interested and, and I guess unafraid to think about certain things in terms of spirituality.
0: Mm.
2: I had just have a lot of coincidences and downloads.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I go to bed every night at like nine o'clock
0: because
2: <laughs> my waking reality is just like, I get up at like 6.30 or seven and start doing my stuff. Mm-hmm. And then even by two o'clock, I'm like, damn, I've been thinking about too much shit, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll be like, man, bro, I cannot. But I will say yes. Yeah, because I do believe that spirits deliver information,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
2: so part of it is reading, but another part is just like I'd be getting downloads. I don't know.
1: Yeah, just being, and, being yeah. open it, like being open and developing that connection. You know.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I would consider myself like I'm a very good communicator, mm-hmm. so um, I'm very good at like through my study and stuff. Of and I think meeting so many different people, it's become. Um, easier for me to understand how to communicate the other dimensions through this mm-hmm. language
1: Ooh, the language yeah. is so
2: slow like yeah, the, yeah. like communicate with spirits is like
0: yeah yeah
2: i also did dmt one time <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow <sighs> that's another light being communication got so much information but it's the downloads man and Mm -hmm. Other people can become in tune with these. Mm
0: -hmm. Like
2: everyone, I would say everyone is psychic to a certain extent, but Mm -hmm. I I think I did a lot of conditioning of my mind to open it up to that. So Mm -hmm. everyone can have downloads, you know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. But
2: um, you just kind of have to take the leap and- yeah. Go about the journey, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I think it, it's not like they don't happen for everybody the same way. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, like one of the one of the just like uh, disclaimers I wanted to say is that for the for the sake of nobody suing me because they go do psychedelics after this and have a bad trip. <laughs> um, do
0: not.
2: No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no. Do not.
1: Yeah. It's not. It's not. Uh. It's not it's necessarily. Not for the right. It's not necessarily for everyone. I've never, I have never done psychedelics.
2: Um, Yeah. No, I, cause honestly, and I'm not trying to over-exaggerate, but I think if people have had seen the stuff that I've seen, this is enough to put people in the psych ward. And I was also very strategic about who I told. I was not out here telling everybody the stuff that is in my head. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even today, I, I, I don't be doing that. I'm very good at, Being a chameleon, you know what I mean, and Mm. performing for who I need to perform for
1: because I'm psychic and intuitive. Are you performing right now?
2: (laughs) I would say this is the realest self that I've always wanted to be. Oh, good. (laughs) I would love talking about occult stuff. Period. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Would you tell me if you were performing? (laughs) I mean, really though. Well, I'm
2: extra as fuck anyway. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) An
0: extra person.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've never, I mean, I've never done psychedelics because like for all the reasons that you mentioned and also cause I have mental illness that runs in my Ooh, family. No, like, I'm not trying to like flip that Do switch. Not. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you can open it, because it's literally like with psychedelics, whatever is in you is you're mm-hmm. going to see it. And then like, I mean, for people who are considering doing it, like, um, I definitely recommend pay attention to space Pay attention to your current mental condition. Like if someone has recently died in your family, don't go trip acid or do shrooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So you have to very be very cognizant of um, your current mental state, the space, who you do it with, mm-hmm. the quality of the shrooms or whatever you choose to do. Mm-hmm. So I would say definitely is not for everyone to go out and do. And there's a lot of different methods to reach the same realization. Like everyone is on a mountain. So, you know, everyone's climbing the mountain. There isn't a certain pathway that you have to go down, you know,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or go
2: up.
1: (laughs) We're climbing, we're climbing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're
2: thinking directionally here. (laughs) Directionality, come on. So yeah, so no, do not do psychedelics. Mm -hmm. I would even say like, I don't, even with shaman, you need to do your research because there are also a lot of shaman who are just out here to steal people 's energy, like you know like every every shaman, especially ayahuasca i didn't and talk about appropriation when I was living in Ecuador um, i didn't do ayahuasca like mm-hmm. but I got offered to do it a few times, mm-hmm. but I could tell that some some it was some of the people were just trying to take advantage um i w- that's not a part of my cultural um toolkit for yeah. explore exploration so i just stick to what i've done you know here and stuff so
1: yeah 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 i know yeah, that I there's know. a ayahuasca like issue happening in portland um <gasps> yeah oh yeah like it it's like it's been brought here and it like all these like wealthy hipsters are like paying butt tons of money to go sit in a room with like 20 other people and be guided by like a shaman and then like barf barfing buckets and
0: you
1: mm-hmm. know
2: <laughs> which that's a common thing of it but you got to realize when you trip people can do stuff to you on the astral plane and then you not even mm-hmm. understand what's going on mm-hmm. you know what I mean there's mm-hmm. hell of people who have gotten sick from stuff and you have to go back to a person and I'm just yes. kind of like man I just know I've have been blessed to have my own kind of pack with my like guides, mm-hmm. so um yeah i don't yeah. I don't be going outside my guides, you know, yeah. I just don't yeah
1: It's <laughs> kind <Yeah. laughs> be like, okay, let me just do
2: stick with you all yeah.
1: yeah 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 you're 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 protected and you're intentional, and you've done the research, and mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, so people need to just do their research be intentional don't go out and just do do
1: psychedelics good okay yeah thank you for helping me with that disclaimer
0: <laughs> no of course
1: <laughs> um um let's see so is it, we're going to come up on time here soon what do you is there anything else that you want to talk about or that you want to share or like say or whatever
2: um hmm Look me up on social media.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Yeah, what are your handles?
2: Um, at Millennial Soul Food. Um, mm-hmm. at M I L L E N N I A L S O U L F O O D. At Millennial Soul Food. Uh, that's what I'm on Instagram. Um, www.millennialsofood.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say. The last thing I want to say is to just tell people to do more research
0: mm-hmm.
2: and don't be afraid to do the um do your own form of self-exploration, you know, yeah. and be be bold, you know. Yeah. But also consider your community <laughs> and know that you're not living isolated in a vacuum. So
1: mm, yeah. That's yeah. again more Aquarius energy right exactly. there.
2: Exactly. And also I want to tell people, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm kind of dystopian, Octavia Butler type. Okay. Um, although the politics and stuff is, is not going to get any better, you know, but it's important for us as like queer people, mm-hmm. LGBTQ people, especially black people mm-hmm. um, POC to really express our experiences and make an impact in the matrix. Cause <laughs> it has, it has ramifications for the greater spiritual world, like on other levels, in other dimensions, but it's hard to explain and I don't have time,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, in, it's important.
2: And it's, it's important. True. Even yeah, if yeah. it seems, seems futile, like, you know, Oh fuck, I don't need to, I'm fucking don't, Im-, you know, I'm not important. Like even someone who has a disability to where they can't do shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. important for them to express their experience. Cause it, it just adds to the collective storybook and yeah, yeah, it, we yeah. just need it. Yeah, that's how I'm gonna leave it at.
1: Yeah, I mean we are we are rewriting the narratives right now surrounding yeah. surrounding uh, gender, surrounding sexuality and identity. Exactly,
2: because yeah. that yeah. is the part. Like this world has to go through that lifting of the veil, because it's like every all the worlds are trying to ascend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is like we are like a grand mind that is ascending consciousness. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, yeah. we all have yeah. consciousness in common you know what i mean Uh and so that reason for that is because we are supposed to grow and develop
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: not on a linear path but however you have to develop in this life that's why you came here so
1: i guess (laughs) look
2: up the contract get in tune with the soul contract
1: (laughs) oh thank you so much kian
2: Thank
0: you. This was
2: great.
1: And Keon's about to be in New Orleans in a week and a half. Yeah, If
2: you visit, I mean, you know, my birthday is the start of New Orleans or of uh, Mardi Gras and -hmm. it goes uh, through February and March. Um, Yeah. Hit me up if you want to collaborate on events. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very open to that. Um, Yeah. So I'm just here to meet different people, like reach out, hit me up.
1: I I will hit you up the next time that I'm in New Orleans. Absolutely. Yes,
2: please. I need to come out to Portland in 2019, also. Um. Yes. Let's do an event. Yes, let's. I'm gonna just fly out, spirit, and pack a a one bag. You know, like
1: (laughs) right, right. Don't pack anything. Just come. You know. I'm gonna
2: just come. You know what I mean? Explore the mountains and stuff. You got a washing machine, so I'm gonna be good. Oh my God, this was great. I and yeah, we need to do this again. Uh, I am yeah. here for this. This is so amazing.
1: Yeah. I want to just like, I, I I want to talk to you like every week and then just have you teach me more things. And yeah,
2: I, like, I have so much information. <laughs> like I get up in the morning. I'm just like, man, let's get this out. I have, I have stuff that I have to do before I leave mm-hmm. and go back, like I told you. So mm-hmm.
0: that's mm-hmm. what I'm here
2: for. I'm here for this cultural work and I'm, I'm not really here to bullshit. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. Fuck yes. Yeah. Look yeah. Kian up. Look Kian up. Work with them. Um, Work with me. Tons of offerings. Like, <laughs> but you, don't you come do no fuck
0: shit.
1: Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well,
2: thank you so much. This was amazing.
1: Yeah. This was absolutely amazing. Thank you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
2: We're
0: running in circles, folks. But- live within lines we put ourselves in boxes when the air It's just fine we're digging down to the earth to the sky we're always asking when but never why
1: you've been listening to the word witch our theme music is counting rice by bitches in the beehive their album itty bitty spaces is out now the word witch is written produced and recorded by me claire burgess our logo is designed by me, too. Editing and tech support come from Danu Vino. You can follow The Word Witch on Instagram at the.word.witch. You can book tarot readings, find out about upcoming classes, and join our newsletter at thewordwitchtarot.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, join my Patreon at patreon.com slash thewordwitchtarot. For as little as $1, you'll receive collective tarot readings, tarot and astro content, downloads of my zines, and podcast outtakes and extras. Plus, you'll help make this podcast possible and help support a working witch. If you have a question for The Word Witch, email us at thewordwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Till next time, stay magical.
0: Trying to shoot the moon. is everything we've got that's just pieces of spoon.